And so the abundant experience, that's only part of life. The brown desert grass, that's the other part of life. And he will take you just so you will have enough. And this is a passage that I want to read to you in Philippians. This is from a guy named Paul. And he was writing from prison. And he was writing to the group in Philippi. And I think in this, this uh, scripture, I think that it really describes what David is saying in verse 2. And I've never seen this before. And like I said, I may be wrong, but it just makes a lot of sense because Green Pastures was not year-round. And I think David is getting something, getting into something that maybe we haven't thought about or I haven't thought about. That the green grass is only a season and the desert is only a season and we go through that in life. That's the reality of life, isn't it? So he says in verse 10, he says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying, this is the point, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether I'm well-fed or I'm hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all, all this through my shepherd, Christ Jesus, who gives me the strength. I can do this. I can go through that desert in that dry moment because I have a shepherd, Christ. He is my shepherd. And I can't depend on you. I can't depend on me. I can't depend on my wisdom. There is one who will truly lead you through your time of dryness. And the hard thing is to keep trusting, to keep trusting. And, oh, I'd like to go into more on that. And maybe we will in Psalm 23. But there's so much that I've learned in that area. But this is the context I believe that David is talking about. The context is in the form of contentment. Paul, as well as David, is saying, I've learned to be content. Paul is saying there in verse 12, he says, listen, I understand. I understand what it is to have plenty. I understand what it is to be in need. I understand the dichotomy of, this, of, of th these two worlds that we're in. One side is abundance. The other side is I am in need. And I think sometimes we struggle I want to give a slide here. Uh, I want to show you the, the green and the dark and just begin to see. This is the best picture that, that we can find. And uh, sometimes we really struggle with our struggle. When you're struggling, we struggle with God, don't we? And a lot of times we've been taught that in this Psalm 23 where it says, He settles me down in green pastures. Or in the typical translations, he makes me lie down in green pastures. 
we, we think the green is all, all, always there. The green is not always there. And I think David is alluding to something different because that's only a season. The other season is brown. And so we live in this dichotomy of the two worlds, and that's the reality of life. And he will see us through because he is, he being Christ, our shepherd, will see you through both. That's the word that he uses in verse 4, as we will get to verse 4 sometime next year. I don't know. But, but see, he sees you through. He, sees, he walks with you through whatever you're going through. True, because you are the sheep. I'm just saying, you're dumb. Okay? That's a sheep. Compared, compared to the shepherd, we're not smart. And we have to just acknowledge that. I don't care if you have a PhD. I don't care how many years of schooling or streetwise you are. We're just not that smart compared to the shepherd. And so this is where we humble ourselves and say, lead me, Lord. Sometimes we fall flat on our face and say, lead me. Because I thought I was always supposed to live in the green pastures, but sometimes there's brown. But I've learned to be content that he's going to lead me through both of these. And so the context, the context that David is talking about is this is part of life. The other is also part of life. And the good shepherd Jesus Christ will lead us through both. And the question sometimes is this, is that when I'm in these situations, for me, I'm just sharing from my own experience, that sometimes when I live in plenty, when I live in abundance, what do I do? Now, I'm not going to tell you this because it's going to make me sound unspiritual, but I don't really need God when things are really going well. And I've had so many times in my life where things are just going so well that inside of my soul, I really don't need God. And I can't explain it. I just know. And, and so, so my, my security, my security is not in the shepherd. My security is in the goodness of my circumstance. See that? My security is in the goodness of my circumstance. And that's the danger of it. And I've learned in my older age that, boy, I tell you what, when I'm in that green pasture, when things are plenty and I have abundance and everything's going right for me, man, God, thank you. That's all I can say, just thank you. Because I know the brown season may come. I know the dry season may come. Let me learn now to depend on you in my plenty. Well, what about when, when you're in the bad season, when you're in not the bad season, but the desert season? And we go through that, the, the dry season. And sometimes we, we, find, we don't find that security in God because we think that somehow the Lord or Christ has failed us. That we think it's unfair because our neighbors, is, they seem happy. They've got a brand new car. They've got, they got everything going for them. And it's like, I'm struggling over here financially. We're struggling here and this and that. And sometimes we can back off and say, the shepherds are not real. This is an opportunity. Let me, let me just share this. You will learn a lot more 
It's not the place of, of desire, that's for sure. But you're going to learn a lot more in the desert than you will in the plenty. You'll learn a lot in the green, but there's some things that you will not be able to learn when you're in the plenty and in the bountiful. And that's one of the things that, that I began to, to uh, ask, Lord, teach me. Teach me in that time right now. Teach me in that circumstance right now where I'm at, either in plenty or in want. And so we get into uh, the circumstances and uh, we can find our security in our circumstances or if the circumstances aren't good, we can't find our security in the shepherd because we feel like he failed because of something in our mind saying that we're always supposed to live in the green. And that's not the reality of life. And so David is saying embrace both. Embrace. And when we can learn this, either through meditation, whatever it is, through just abiding, through just trusting, that to me is the green grass green pastures when we can live with contentment not only in the in the green but also in the desert we can trust the shepherd because the shepherd is walking with us so david says embrace both embrace both and so when david says my shepherd settles me in green pastures he says i'm content because he's my shepherd he is my shepherd. My security is in my shepherd. My security, listen to this, my security is not in the green pasture. Uh-oh. My security, I'm talking about me, not you. You guys are perfect. I'm the one that's messed. Don't put your security in the green pasture. Trust me on this. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Trust the shepherd. That's what he's saying. I'm not the shepherd he is. Don't trust the desert. Some of you might be going through the desert. Don't trust that. It's a reality of life. It happens. Embrace both. And contentment will not come any other way, but just, Lord, you're my shepherd. I, I want to learn how to trust you. And that's a lifelong journey oftentimes. I can trust in the shepherd because of his love for me, because he is for me. Do you believe that? He's for me, and he leads me, he guides me, he's inside of me, and he's tender toward me. And I, was, I will always have enough to get through this day. I will have enough to get through this Sunday. Either you have plenty or in the desert. And so the way that I interpreted this is he settles me in a quiet contentment in who I am. I just began to write my own paraphrase of this. He settles me in quiet contentment in who I am, where I live, for I have a shepherd who, can, who I can trust to lead me in his timing. That's an important word, in his timing, in his provision, in his shepherd's in, in my shepherd's wisdom. He will lead you in his time. He will provide for you. Uh, there's a quiet contentment in that. And, and when we begin to embrace this, then what happens is, is that there's an internal rest that happens inside of you. It's a quiet rest. It's a calm. You're not trying to prove your point. You're not trying to say, this is the way. This is No, you're, you're, 
you're quiet, you're calm within. And this is where he says, he leads me by quiet waters. He leads me beside quiet waters. A shepherd constructs their entire day around providing water for the, for the flock. And early in the morning when the shepherds are leading the sheep out, they are, the, the, the grass, there's some dew in the early mornings and, and, and the, the sheep, they drink the dew off the grass. And that is enough to get them going through the day. But where they really need the water is during the midday. And, and so the shepherd kind of knows where the water, watering hole is. And if there's no watering hole, then what they do, they, the, and maybe there's a stream. And what they do with that stream, they will often cut a ch- channel uh, off of the stream. And um, it's a dead-end channel. And, and the water begins to curl around, and it becomes calm, and so the sheep can come and drink. Because sheep are very skittish with water. They only drink from the calm water. And so if sometimes there's a well, and um, they draw water out of the well, and if there's a trough, then they, they draw the water out, put the water in the trough, and of course it's still and calm, and the sheep come, and they drink from that. And if there's not a trough, then what they do, they, they dig out a, a big shallow hole uh, into the ground and they pour the water there to where there's water and then it's calm and the sheep come and drink. There's very many uh, ways that they do this, but, but this kind of gives you a little bit of image without going in all the detail and, and whatnot. So there's a lot of work of the shepherd, but this is what David's talking about here because he was a shepherd. And here's a... Here's, once again, uh, uh, drinking from this. They might have, other shepherds might have dug this. It might have been taken years. This might have come off a stream. And, and the stream just has this little lake effect, and it's calm, and it's, and it's there to where other shepherds and sheep and flock can come through, and they can drink from that. And so, and they're calm. And this is what he's talking about here, is that he is leading me through uh, besides this quiet water, I'm at rest. And, and once they come and they eat and they graze and they drink of the water, then they lie down. They're content. If a shepherd knows that their entire day is oriented around water, what does that look like in our lives? What does that look like? Because they're, they're covering five square miles a day, just walking and grazing, finding water. And they're tired and they need that rest. See, that's the question. The, the Hebrew, and I will close with this, and then I'd love to hear what you say. Don't, we don't need anything spectacular. I'd just love to hear from you, and if there's nobody... I really, it's not going to bother me at all. But how do you find that rest? The, the interesting word about this, this uh, he, he uh, leads me beside still waters. The, the literal Hebrew in that phrase is that he leads me beside waters of rest. That's the literal. 
He leads me besides waters of rest. There is rest. And it's a physical rest, a spiritual rest. And the more that I begin to see my own identity in my shepherd, that he lives within me. And to acknowledge that shepherd, regardless what every, everybody else believes or whatever, there is that rest. I'm at calm. But the, but the thing I, I've been thinking about, um, where, where is that in our life where we can create this space? Where we can orient our lives around this rest? Where we come and we just rest spiritually or maybe physically. John Orpert said, being hurried all the time is an inner condition. It's a condition of the soul. Somebody wrote this, if we can put it up here. And I don't know who the author is. But he says, while we can't always change the speed of life around us. We can always change the speed of life inside of us. This would be a good one to take a picture of. This would be a good one to write down. We're living in a very, very fast-paced world. A lot of TV, a lot of social media. I wonder if we know what it's like to be by ourselves. I don't know, whatever that means. But, uh, but I, I want to ask this question. The question that we began with is, any thoughts? The Lord is my shepherd. I'm enough. There's enough. I lack nothing. Is there an experience? Is there something that you had gone through? Or maybe just this creating a space. Maybe it's on the slopes. You know, that's, that's where you get just fed and that's where you get spiritually revived. I think it's good to share as an open congregation just for two, three minutes. Um, I quit early for this reason. And so if nobody has anything to say, guess what? We're out early, isn't that good? A lot of good ball games today, so. I, would anybody like to share anything? Um, so when I was pregnant with her, I had decided that I was going to um, quit my job for a number of reasons, mostly because of stress and having two kids is a lot. Um, but while I was pregnant with her, I was battling it because I had been with a job that I absolutely love for like seven years. And I was used to getting the same uh, stream of income in every month. And it was just like, you know, my security, what I put my faith in, the green pasture, you know. And um, so anyways, as I was going through the pregnancy, I realized I had no other option but to take a break. Mm. So I took a break, and then my bills started coming in. And then the worries started coming in and the fears. And although, you know, we're a two-income household, it was me trying to, like, figure out how are we going to do this because we're used to my income, too, kind of thing. And um, so there was, I was about almost close to having, the, having Emory, and I was sitting in the nursery, and I just was looking at all of my fears. I was looking at the debt, the everything that I had just piling up in front of me. And then I was like, 
really feeling sick too. And I was like, God, I don't feel good. I don't even want to make dinner tonight. Like, what am I going to do, Lord? Like, what is your plan? This couldn't be your plan that I quit or whatever. Like, this couldn't be your plan. And I just started crying and, and just being before Lord, the Lord and just being really honest and saying, Lord, I'm afraid. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, like, I don't know what we're going to do kind of thing. Like, just all these fears. And then I started thinking about my mom when, she, when I was younger. She used to make me these sandwiches when I was a kid. And I was, like, wishing I could make my family a sandwich because I was like, oh, man, I got to go to the store, and I'm pregnant, and we don't have a lot of money right now, and blah, 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 blah. And um, anyway, so I start crying. I just start dreaming that my mom was there to make me a sandwich with chips, and she used to always have, like, a dessert for me. And I cried out to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, are you there? Do you hear me? And then no sooner wow. than I did that, Luke's friend knocked on the door, and I was like, oh, great, someone's at the door. Who is it? You know, I'm crying. I'm a mess. She walks in with a bag of groceries, and she has sandwich material, chips, and a dessert. And it was literally seconds after I had just cried out to God saying, Lord, I wish my mom was here to make me a sandwich. And so, like, that is just, like, one of the many stories that God has done in my life where he has been my shepherd. He heard my prayers. He, he wow. was there for me. And if we think that God's not there in our lives and we let fear trump God, we're, we're sadly mistaken because God is literally just looking for our yes. Like, please pour your heart out to me and trust me. And he's faithful. So that day I got those chips and that sandwich I wanted, like the one that my mom used to make me. Wow. So anyways, that's mine. Awesome. Thank you so much. Isn't that cool? Anybody else? I, I, something I was just thinking about, especially with the two pictures up there, is I I think a lot of times also we are actually in the greenness and we're in the, the good spot, um, but because we can get stubborn or controlling sometimes or just fearful, um, well, we blind ourselves and start to think about that, that we're in the desert and we're really not. And uh, granted, there's plenty of things that are the desert. There's a lot of things that actually are bad, um, and we definitely go through those. But I think sometimes it's good to sit there and think about, you know, am I actually, is it actually that bad, or am I really just um, mm. focused too hard on, on things that may not matter as much? Mm. Um, and it, it reminded me of this parable um, it was a, it's a Chinese parable, and it, the story goes that there's this man, and um, he has a son, and uh, they're out horseback riding, and his son falls off the horse and breaks his leg, and he thinks, um, well, everyone comes around, and they think, oh, how terrible this is. Your son broke his leg. He's not going to be able to help you work the fields, blah, 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 and everybody thinks that this is the most terrible thing that happened, um, but this man, he thinks, you know, I don't... I don't think it's that bad. It's all right. I think I'm going to be good. For some reason, you know, he just he just trusted and he just rested, right? Hmm. And then the story goes that then um, there's a war breaking out. And so the army comes through and recruits all the young boys to be part of the army. And because his son's leg's broken, they leave his son at home. And his son's leg heals eventually, heals quicker than if he went off to war. And so everything worked out. 
and just the story, there's more to the story, but everything is something that seems bad happens, but it ultimately works out for, mm. uh, for good. And so, um, again, there's, there's plenty of really sucky bad things that do happen that are bad. Um, but I think that a lot of times when we learn to rest, um, the, the scales fall off our eyes and we realize that we're actually in a, a green pasture and then we can start enjoying the green pasture and it just seems to get greener and greener. Wow. Well, uh, <clears throat> as Gordy knows, I do a lot of camping and backpacking and hiking and stuff like that, especially in the spring and the summer. And um, it's all refreshing and fantastic and I enjoy it so much. And usually I go with friends and buddies and people and we have one big camping trip in the summer where a bunch of people come out the river up on the North Fork of Duchesne and uh, just have a great time. But it's not my favorite time of the summer. Um, about seven, eight years ago, uh, and Gordy knows I dog sit a lot, uh, so I'm, I'm, I got a lot of dogs in my life. Um, I started going off by myself for a day and a night. Um, it's not the safest thing to do when you camp, but if you're experienced and trust God, you do the best you can. And Anyway, I got a lot of peace out of it, and uh, a few years ago, I, I made a plan to do it every summer. It would always be in early August before the hunting season starts. If anybody knows the Uintas, I go up in the upper soapstone where the, um, the old growth forests are up there, and it's, it's just super quiet. There's nobody up there. Um, You'll hear a quad once in a while, a couple four-wheelers here and there. Uh, but about, I'd say about six, seven years ago now, I, I, I take three days out of my life, three days and three nights, and go by myself. And I either take one, two, or three dogs with me. Um, and these past couple of summers, have, it's been the best part of my summer. Because it allows me to, when I first get up there, I build a camp. It's an old hunter's camp, and like I say, a month later, the hunters start going up there, but at that time of summer, there's no one up there. And my only responsibility is to the dogs and myself. I bring food and water. It's a, it's a dry camp. There's no river, no stream. But there's just miles and miles of hiking and, uh, you know, making your, you know, building a fire at night, kicking back, reading. I bring books up there. I, I hike. I talk to God. I mean... We've all done it, but for me, it's, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's a takeaway for me because it stays with me for months and months later throughout the year. I have that peace. Uh, just the other day, I was frustrated about something at work, and I, you know, I was looking forward to, oh, I can't wait for spring and this and that, but I, I went back to that place where I go to for three days, and I was there for a few hours that day, and it, it was my... Uh, green pastures and still waters, I guess you could call it, you know. And uh, I take a lot of pictures when I'm up there, and I send them to people when I get back. And Anyway, uh, a lot of people can't do that. They don't have the opportunity to do that, but you can make opportunities to do it, I think, if you want to, even if it's just for a day or a night or an afternoon. But it works for me, and I'm going to keep on doing it. And uh, the Lord is with me the entire time I'm there. From the moment I drive there and get there until the moment I leave, he's always with me anyway, but I, it's so magnified and mm. so peaceful. And mm. 
Um, I don't even have all the words for it. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's good. That's uh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks, Shannon. I just wanted to read. Gordy had this up there, and I'm not going to share mine. I mean, like many of you, I've been celebrated, and I've had people think I'm cursed at times. But, um, and that's the truth. And I, I know you're. I don't worry. Um, but, uh, but Gordy read this scripture, and I really enjoy reading the message a lot of times. And I just like to read that scripture you had in the message. I'm glad in God, far happier than you would ever guess. Happy that you're again showing such strong concern for me. Not that you ever quit praying or th and thinking about me. You just had no chance to show it. Actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I've found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Mm -hmm. I don't mean that your help didn't mean a lot to me. It did. It was a beautiful thing that you came alongside in my troubles. Man, I think... See, the message all comes together, doesn't it? Uh, it? It just did. And things that I wanted to share, I could never share. But you know, it's like Shannon, the rest of you were saying that you're creating a, a space. And um, for me, one of the most relaxing moments is sitting beside water, whether it's the ocean, the lake, a stream, uh, a river. It, it has a tendency to soothe my soul and it brings peace and it resets my mind. And sometimes it can be just looking at a picture of a stream or the ocean and a sunrise and, and uh, the stream as it begins to trickle down the mountainside. It kind of resets even though it's a picture. I sometimes sit in the back porch and I hear the ocean. It's called traffic. But it's the ocean for me and it's the waves. See, I'm very content here. I'm, I'm very, I've got the ocean. I hear it. When I go to bed at night and I lay my, my head upon the pillow, I hear the rain. And sometimes it reminds me of the monsoon season where I grew up. And um, it's called the humidifier. But it sounds like rain. Could you be just creative? You don't have to go across the world. It's right here. I'm content. Because you're creative. You use your imagination. When I'm going up into Trailside and I go up to the high country, I'm in the Himalayas. Did you know that? And I find a little trail. And I, and I pretend that it's a little trail going to the next village. And it becomes alive to me. Use your imagination. The shepherd will guide you in whatever you need. You don't need to be running. You can be content where you're at. And so I think 
in, in every day. It may not happen every day, but find that place of stillness. Find that place, whatever it may be. And however you go about it is however you go about it. And if it's the running, if it's slope, uh, snowboarding, whatever it may be, find that space. Find that rest, spiritual rest, physical rest. And I want to just share one thing. Let technology help you. I just began to, thanks to Haymitch, about a couple of months ago, and I began, I've always began, I've always been interested, fascinated with meditation. And when I was growing up, churches that I belonged to did not like that because even when I would go on to meditation uh, with other Christians, they, they thought it was spooky because they thought, oh, that's too ca Catholic. Protestant has missed something with meditation. But with the help of my uncle, um, who was a, a Church of Christ pastor, it's kind of a rebel, but we would do these things together, and it's kind of come back into my life. And so I go into the internet and I type in guided meditations, and right now, guided meditations on Psalm 23. It could, they're only six minutes, they could be 10 minutes, or if you really are a marathon runner, you can go six hours or three hours, whatever. But I would encourage you to do that. Give it a shot because what it does, it just helps you slow down and to rest and to be contemplating upon the scriptures with music and somebody guiding you through that. And that's all I'll say about that. Let me pray. Father, thank you for resetting our mind this morning. As we talked about the reality of life, there's, a, there's green pastures. There's also desert experiences. Thank you for the time of worship, not only through your word and the sharing, but also to be reminded again that you are our shepherd. May we realize that, may we acknowledge it, and may we come humbly before you, Lord, with our hands empty and say, I have nothing to give you, Lord. It's just me. It's just me. Teach me what it is. Don't teach me the way you're teaching somebody else. Teach me in the uniqueness that I am. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.